Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello, and welcome to the show tonight. I'm so glad you chose to join us. The topic tonight is your sacred wealth code, and our guest is Prima Lee Guerreri. We're going to bring her on in just a minute, but I wanted to talk just a just a, a little while about the idea of your soul. Being a soul in a human persona, a soul in a human experience, if you will. Or I think there's always a, a value to take a step out of our everyday busy life, to take a step back from um, the things that keep our mind busy, the things that keep us engaged in action, if you will, where there's a sense of busyness or perhaps a sense of urgency, and just kind of let all that sit still and step out of that and look at a, a much bigger uh, dynamic that's going on in every single one of our lives. The idea that our soul had choices before we were even born. Our soul had choices about um, the family dynamic we incarnated into, the the purpose of our life, the, the karmic lessons our soul chose us to engage in. And when we take a step back and look at our life path from that higher perspective, if you will, a couple of things can happen. The struggles can seem not quite so personal, not quite so um, in your face, if you will. And the the reason, perhaps, that we might have had some struggles or might have had some challenges in our life um, and why our soul might have chose that for ourselves. Um, every one of them has a gift um, underneath it to unwrap it. And then the, um, the, the insight of your life purpose, and that's kind of the, the genre of the show tonight, when you have an insight of the why why you are here, why you're walking this path, why um, the, your life is stacked up the way it is. Even if your life is difficult, I think that perspective can put more meaning to it. And so you, when you go back and engage your life, takes the edge off of it. It doesn't seem um, quite so perhaps futile or difficult or challenging in a sense that your soul is a timeless persona and it's going through this human experience. So um, with that said, I think it's, it's right on, on cue here to talk about our show tonight. Your sacred wealth code is Prema's latest book. She published it in 2017. The subtitle is Unlock Your Soul Blueprint for Purpose and Prosperity. I like that. Prema is committed, uh, committed to creating a world where everyone is empowered to live on purpose in a way that is aligned with their high-value gifts and their birthright of true prosperity. Prem is a leading Vedic astrologer, soul advisor, business consultant, and energy practitioner with more than 25 years of experience. She's also the author of Your Sacred Wealth Code, Unlock Your Soul Blueprint for Purpose and Prosperity. And with that, she has a... Um, a oracle card, and also a Sacred Wealth Code journal. It's kind of a trilogy that um, of products that work together to help you understand um, 
your life path. She empowers leaders, entrepreneurs, visionaries, and change agents to take inspired action and unlock their sacred wealth code. Using her intuitive approach to business building and her patented solutionary technology, Prima's clients manifest wealth and create meaningful lives by doing what they were meant to do. You can check out her webpage, sacredwealthcode.com, as we have our conversation. I'd like to welcome you to the show, Prema. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me, Les. It's totally a pleasure to be here. What a a comprehensive um, platform you've created with this book, the uh, Sacred Wealth Code Oracle Cards and your Sacred Wealth Code Journal. You've really kind of uh, built a way for people to to kind of drill into their um, Sacred Wealth Code. What what brought you to this point in your journey that um, you were able to provide this kind of um, value? Well, I think what brought me to this point in this journey is really my whole life, actually, but I'll break it down a little bit more than that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there was a pivotal time where I really hit the dark night of my soul, or one of them, I should say, because I've been through more than one. And that was the time where really every the opportunities that I thought um, and was trying to create, even with spiritual principle around a yoga and healing arts center I had, just it it just Everywhere I turned, it was like, oh, you have to let this go. And I think when we hit a dark night of the soul, it's really where our outer world, uh, the lights go out. You know, things, the opportunities kind of cease or we have a big loss or something that everywhere we look outside of ourselves, we cannot find the answer. And therefore, the only place to go is on our knees and within. And I really thought I was on purpose during that time. And I was in a lot of ways. I just happened to be off uh, alignment in my sacred wealth code, which I didn't call it at that time, but um, as I look back, that's that's exactly what was happening. And as I really was called to let that beautiful healing art center go, I just vowed to find out, you know, where was I out of alignment? And I found that I was stuck in my shadow uh, in some places. And by really digging into that, which wasn't easy, let's face it, you know, anyone who's listening in who's done any work on their shadow and, and you know, it's not for the, the weak at heart and we can go uh, kicking and screaming or we can see when we're faced against those challenges that we lean in and realize there is some gift in there. So once we'll just open up and find out what it is. And luckily I was able to do that and really I saw where I was out of alignment with my highest value gifts. We're all gifted in a lot of ways, but the gifts that are really my unique brilliance that I totally feel called to share with the world, and I was using some of them, but some of them I was hiding. And for, you know, patterns and, you know, reasons that I had blocks and such. So and doing that work and releasing that is really when the Sacred Wealth Code started to really appear to me, because it's really based off a principle in Vedic astrology where your purpose and your prosperity planets come together in your soul blueprint. And as I you know, was using all my modalities, including my Vedic astrology, I really started to see. But again, I saw it through my shadow side, and then I was able to transcend some of that and step into the light and step out with uh, this body of work. It, it, at that time, I didn't call it the Sacred Wealth Code. That evolved uh, about five years ago to where that's what I was calling it because I was working with uh, people and helping them, like I am continuing to do for myself, of course, really discover you know, where, what's the purpose and how do I live from the inside out and what are my highest value gifts? Like, what is, How can I give what I have come here to give to the world and what the heck is that anyway? Right. Well, you know, it's curious you talk about uh, trying to uh, promote this center that you've created. You've created a center, and and yet it's not moving forward. It's not unfolding. I mean, when you when you go to um, live your purpose, if you will, 
and for whatever reason that you're not on track and you know it's like you're you're pushing a rock uphill it's all struggle and no um stride um how did Vedic astrology did you did you use that as one of the components to show you where you were stuck in shadow? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You know, in our I, and I refer to the Vedic astrology chart as your soul blueprint because it's to me that's what I'm looking at when I look through that. I'm a very humanistic, uh, soul oriented uh, astrologer, and I've been practicing for a long time and working with my mentor who I still work with. And so it was a big part of um, understanding what was going on behind the scenes because I knew it was a behind the scenes because this was a six-figure in sales business. Not enough of it was coming to me because it was a lot of overhead and and, uh, I was training teachers. It was was thriving, sort of. It appeared to be thriving for five years. It just wasn't thriving for me. It was wearing me out. So uh, I did use... Uh, Vedic astrology to look at where I was stuck in the shadow because, see, in Vedic astrology we have not to geek out on y'all too much, but we have a um, we have purpose houses, we have wealth houses, and where your purpose and your wealth houses come together is where we find your sacred wealth code. We have um, houses that rule are connected to our fulfillment of desires, and those are all relationship ha- houses. We actually are. We actually need each other in order to fully fulfill our desires. We were never meant to do it alone. And then we have the spiritual houses. And the spiritual houses are also the houses um, that can be most challenging. And they cause us to let go of the physical world in some ways so we can remember this spiritual being we are. Well, we all have them, and we all are—you know—we all have a shadow in different ways. I happen to have quite a few planets in those places, and they are really about looking at things behind the scenes. But it was interesting that um, in two ways I was in the shadow. One was literally through uh, standing in the fear or the pattern to actually step fully into the gift. One of them was, you know, I wasn't really public about the fact that I was an intuitive. And my clients who knew that, I mean, my the clients I was teaching in classes, I mean, they had that sense of that, but the, my private clients who hired me for that, uh, I was like a best-kept secret. I was not standing forward to be seen in that, and I had some past patterns that wasn't it wasn't safe for me to be seen. So, um, And we could see that based from some of my eighth house planets and those configurations in my chart. But there was an overarching way that I was standing in the shadow of my wealth code, which was I was using some of my gifts that aren't necessarily connected to my my wealth. And that can be true for... Um, you know, we, we're wired up in different ways for different areas of our life. And we have, let's just say we have different gifts in different areas of life and some that are overarching. So I was spending way too much time in a very strong Saturn, uh, a very administrator archetype in my system, uh, running things all independently, all by myself. And there was some shadow patterns in that, but the overarching shadow there was as well, that I wasn't fully standing in the gift and I was choosing something I was I was just very good at that kind of wore me down over time. Well, now, so you talk about uh, shadow patterns and you talk about um, their relevance in the uh, Vedic astrology. So here you are at your point in your life and our listeners are at whatever point they are in their life and, and myself as well. When you talk about a shadow being... Um, Poised in your astrological chart, it it um, it doesn't um, like force the issue. In other words, um, at this point in your life, you could have shadow tendencies, and you could not. the The chart itself is not dictating who you are. It's showing. Um, probabilities and tendencies? I mean, how would you describe how the... Okay, that's a really good question. Yeah, that's that's a great question. So uh, I look at your... I look at the chart as being uh, really indicative of your soul choices. 
Some of them you're conscious about, some of them you're not. Some things you've chose as what I call soul challenges because of those er- those are areas of your life you wanted to sort of, you know, um, work on and sort of polish that pearl in that area, whether it was forgiveness or whether it was compassion or empowerment or whatever it might be. Uh, you are, and then there's some ways that we're so-called wired up. We have, you know, we're all wired up a little bit differently. And there's some ways we're wired up where we definitely have that potential, but it's up to us whether to step into it. And where we, again, may have these challenges coming our way, and I believe that suffering, um, that pain is is not optional in this lifetime. We do, we do hit pain, whether it's stubbing your toe or losing a loved one. But uh, suffering is optional and how we deal with that, that we're always, 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 always at choice. So this is the blueprint. Here's the potentiality. Here's the, uh, here's the potential challenges as well. And then we have free will, what you choose to do with it. But I find it really useful for us all to understand ourselves a little better on the places we can't see ourselves clearly because it does help us to make choices that, you know, that are more in alignment with what feels right and true for us. Right. I, I like that. So when you talk about a, a Vedic astrology reading, if you will, I mean, to get geeky, um, smirk, about the mechanics of Vedic astrology, I, I find it really uh, flippin' fascinating that it's... here we are on this, this rock, this beautiful planet Earth that's spinning around, and then we have this temporal calendar um, um, measurement, January, February, March, and then days of the month. And so where you are born on the planet and when you are born on the planet, there's this astrological snapshot of of your chart. And had you been born a month later, a year later, had you been born <clears throat> on the other side of the planet, it would be a different chart. And so so if I'm a soul and I'm and I am going to incarnate into human form on this planet I, all the astrological elements are are cycling through this this um um pre-described um pattern and then I as a soul choose a particular point in on the earth and a point in time and the poof the moment i'm born it's my astrological chart is sealed to my life path what a what a fascinating way to <laughs> to load up a I human agree. storyline you know what i mean i, I, what I do you think about that? I, I totally i totally agree with you you know and i've been a sailor uh i've i've cruised and actually I had my children during that time and um and I just want to flip it this way like so if we want to like at the time we were sailing from uh Pacific Northwest down to Baja California and up into the Sierra Cortez and then back again and uh so at the time we were mostly dead reckoning or using a sextant which means that we're uh, using the stars for navigation and in order to go to a certain harbor or whatever, we had to we had to lock on those those coordinates on this rock as you speak. And so and then they would you know and they would lead us there. But if we go to you know slightly a couple degrees this way or a couple degrees that way, we're going to go to a different a different place. And so right. there are these co- coordinates, you know, uh, which is really which is really interesting. So I love how you're saying you know it, and I agree it's like a snapshot. Now. That particular um, snapshot is a snapshot of what the energetic conditions are based on exactly where you were when you decided to get you know come into you know this human body when you decided to incarnate and I'm saying when you decided because I I believe that's how it works but that's my belief system not to impose that on anybody else and so. It, you know, right at those exact coordinates, and um, and it is completely it's, it's completely fascinating. And there are other systems out there, but you know, this system came from the Vedas, some of the oldest spiritual texts. You know, over six, seven thousand years old, and this whole body of work came from 
the actual Vedas themselves and it's been practiced as a live tradition since then and it has so many layers to it and is used for everything from uh, understanding the weather to you know implanting things to arranging marriages to arranging you know a business deal or your soul's calling and you know and beyond uh, i agree it's it's downright fascinating yeah it i i love looking at the the mechanics of of how things are i mean it's kind of like the yeah, nature of I nature agree. you know and and it's it's extremely elegant and and really timeless because the, these pr- processes have been um, it, it's like cogs on a wheel. It's been executing over and over and over again. I mean, I'd love to see um, maybe at some point somebody on the planet will write software that'll let you dynamically know in real time if you were born a hundred miles west. What would the you know, like a bar chart of all your houses, if you will, and which ones are prominent. <laughs> and you could do this dynamic interaction of, of the. T- you know, it's like the here's the bullseye, and if I was off, you know, not not that souls uh, miss the mark very much, but so right. so you talk about the chart being um um uh, what were I think you said uh, the, the probability or um, an influential. Um, snapshot, if you will? Well, I would say that, you know, my teacher would say, um, Dennis Flaherty would say, well, no, that's what, that's what it is. What you do with it is a different story. And I think that that's, that's a great way for me to, to say it, too, is here is that snapshot. Here's your snapshot. And um, But you have free will. So I don't care what your snapshot is. You can transcend any difficulty in there, and it's up to you whether you step into the potentiality of it all either. And there are specific times that are going to be more probable for you to step into that potentiality because we run particular planetary cycles which help us to understand timing. Like, for instance, I don't believe in prediction because I believe prediction robs people of choice. I can't help but see things because I'm an intuitive, and I always aim to share those in a way that is a conversation and um, in a way that will serve that whoever it is that I happen to be reading that chart for. And I don't, you know, and as a caveat, I don't just read. I actually then I work on four levels, and that's my gift. So not only am I that intuitive that's using that Vedic astrology, but I'm also... Um, helping everyone connect to their own soul through the pathway of the heart because that's the easiest pathway that I have found and is easy to teach other people and to really teach people to trust themselves and what they're feeling and their own intuition and then helping anyone clear whatever patterns or blocks or energy clearing and teaching people processes so that they can clear their blocks and get out of their shadow. And the final frontier, as I call it, which is uh, really living from soul down to the soles of your feet and taking inspired action based on what you know what you're tuning into what's coming through you and what feels right and true for you and making your own um choices uh so yes it is the you know we do have this potentiality what we what we choose to do with whatever we're given is um you know going to be you know, we just we have that choice of what we're ever, what we're going to do with whatever is given to us. Um, you know, you know, and we all have heard stories of the people who are really, you know, going through some. You know, they've been born into the circumstances that are not great, and they end up, you know, rising to the top. And we have the people who, you know, come from really um, privileged situations, it would seem, and have a hard time making their way. So you know, it's it's there's so much choice involved. And I like what you said, um, where the the person uh, finds figures it out for themselves, if you will. I mean, like you, uh, it there's that free will element that that says, um, I, I choose. I mean, I see all the information, but to own to own the choice, I mean, you can look at a chart and say, well, that is me, and you've cast the ownership, if you will, of your life onto this uh, potential template. But yet, what you, I liked what you said about owning 
your choices as you as you move through the process. Yeah, because again, I I I just I know I've said this several times, but I do believe that we are so very much at choice. But you know, the more we understand ourselves, and I think that's why people seek out myself as far as Vedic astrology goes, or as far as you know, some people come in just through the the door that they you know they they're looking for clarity and they know that I can help them have clarity whether they even know about Vedic astrology is you know my goal is always to connect them with that for themselves and to open up their perception to understand themselves better it's a rare occasion i mean it's almost never where i tell, where i um offer someone something that i'm uh, that i'm seeing about themselves that they're not uh, there isn't a part of them that's going oh yeah that is that is true, or that that is me, or oh, I haven't looked at that in a while. But if I'm really honest, yeah, um, because again, I'm seeing what you know what is for that person. And I think the more we can understand ourselves, uh, it's just like you know, if you have this beautiful new, say, you have a beautiful new Tesla, and they upgrade that computer on a Tesla all the time, and if you don't know how to run the computer uh, or you know activate your updates or whatever you have to do, then you don't have as much potential as if you do. And that's the same way with us. The more we understand ourselves, I think the more um, you know, the more we can be on purpose. The more we can live peaceful, you know, joyful lives. Or mean, I want to say meaningful lives. That's the biggest one. Meaningful lives. Well, we were talking a little bit um, before the show started about. Um, um, like millennials and and other genres of of people, and how sometimes um, life can be very frustrating and sometimes confusing for people. Um, the the information in a in a Vedic reading when you talk about your sacred wealth code, I mean. Um, how would you describe that? I mean, if I'm if I'm struggling to understand why I'm even here or what, how do I even belong to this karmic quagmire? Um, <laughs> what does your sacred wealth code um, show about your life? I mean, what yeah. would, how would you describe what the sacred wealth code is? So what it does is it's it's really the intersection of where how purpose and prosperity together are wired up and purpose and prosperity is what i see as equals wealth and in the and let's understand what wealth is we all have a different purpose and meaning of wealth so i'm going to give you my overall one that i find the people who resonate with this work find this pretty satisfying and that is that True wealth is where your purpose and your prosperity um, intersect. And true wealth is really about what we need to fulfill our purpose. And literally, in Vedic astrology, you have three purpose houses, and they're all followed by three wealth houses. Even though they all have some differences there, but each wealth house is about what do I need to acquire to do what? To fulfill my purpose. And that's very, very different for each and every one of us. Some people, you know, and it only gets translated to money because that's a common currency of exchange. But your wealth code will really give you a good understanding of what your 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 gifts are. So at that intersection, what I began to see with people is that this is where the, the divine gifts that you have um, the ones that when you will really step into those and use those in the world, that the world will um, recognize you for in some way, uh, will value you, which means that you'll have the fulfillment and the satisfaction and usually, you know, the money, but it's not always money, you know, whatever your definition of wealth is. And when, you know, like I said, we have divine gifts in different ways, but these are the specific divine gifts that literally are like, a key that can unlock something in the world that only you have the key to. And we've all come here, you know, for some sense of service. That's what gives us that deeper meaning, you know. And anyone that I know who has been at their end of their life or read about is looking back and saying, okay, where did I make that difference? And that is what, you know, our purpose is is connected to. 
I like that. So what if I'm I'm kind of blossoming into my life purpose? I'm, I haven't been on the planet too many decades, and I'm through my physical eyes, I'm seeing this um, um, circus going on in a collective consciousness. If I don't know what my life purpose is yet, and it might not even be to the point where I'm intended to engage it, for example, how does does the the, uh, Sacred Wealth Code uh, what can it do for me before I've kind of reached the age of fruition or um, haven't quite evolved all the way to step into those shoes? I mean, how can it, how can well, it help I, me I think transition always... through that, that, that edgy period of my life? Yeah, it's always at play, number one, even from very young. How we're going to express it is always different. Our sacred wealth could remember, it is our highest value gifts. And so as a young one, um, as a child, we start to see our children's um, gifts show up. And left to their own devices, I really believe that they will flourish and they will flourish into their wealth code, basically. They'll flourish into their gifts and be very comfortable in them. I did not do a perfect job, but I did the best I could with raising my children in giving them space to be who and explore, you know, to develop their their gifts and find out, um, you know, which ones were really turning them on. And, you know, a lot of what happens with a lot of um, a lot of us and is that, you know, we have so much cultural conditioning coming at us and then, you know, family pressure and parental ideas or whatever that sort of jam our natural circuits of expression. And sometimes we have to go back and uncover those from the shadow. To, that's where we were in more in the beginning of our talk so that we can uh, step into those. And, you know, in the times that we're living in uh, with, you know, I have kids that are millennials and four of them actually. And uh, in the times that we're living in and the way things are moving um and so quickly and in with so much information uh one of the biggest things i hear from millennials is that you know okay i want to know i want to make an impact or i want to you know have a purpose and and things are moving so quickly that they haven't really had the time uh the encouragement or they see the future that makes sense for them to actually discover what it actually is. Um, I, You know, having four kids, three of them have done a pretty good job at really owning their gifts at this point in their life because, you know, our gifts want to be expressed in different ways at different times of life. And then we have one that's, um, he's still struggling to to find those, and he will, you know, he's, he's on a different timeline and he's had some challenges that have sort of, you know, um, made him question what his gifts are, but I'm confident he'll find his place at some point in time. Well, I like that. So how about yourself? Um, When was the first time you had a Vedic reading? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Um, In uh, somewhere around 2000, somewhere around the year 2000. Go ahead. Well, and and I had been into Western astrology before that, and at that point I met my astrology mentor, and he looked at me in that reading. He said, you know you're supposed to do this. I said, I'm doing a lot right now. And he says, well, you're wired up for this. You have the wiring for this, and this is part of your path. And he's he's a teacher as well, and um, I said, yeah, I have, I have a lot to do. And then I saw him again, and he, and he, he made an impression on me, and I said, okay, I will... Um, I and I so I started taking some classes with him, and I devoured this material, and always have. I just lived it and breathed it until it was just a natural part of my being. Because at that particular soul cycle I was in, uh, my I was ready to step into the next uh, evolution of my purpose and of myself. Well, how do you? I mean, um, perhaps five years ago to five years from now, how does your chart um, help you navigate uh, 
I mean, you're a seasoned teacher, but yet we all constantly evolve. How do you keep the chart um, current, if you will, as you progress yeah. through your life path? Yeah, so we're always looking at, so the, the snapshot when you were born was a snapshot when you were born. But I'm not a paper-watching astrologer. I'm a sky-watching astrologer as well as looking at that snapshot. So that means I'm constantly watching the transits. Uh, we In Vedic astrology, we have planetary cycles. So when you're born, there is, there's, let's put it this way, there is um, a, a, all the planets, each one of them, runs. you run a cycle for a certain number of years. But those planets have the same order for everyone. So I look at it like there's this big circle out there, and it's comprised of each of all the planets with the number of years, and it all adds up to 102 years. And depending on where when you're born, exactly where your moon is, depend, that tells us which nakshatra um, it is, what lunar mansion uh, you're the moon is in, which lets us know exactly where you drop into that planetary cycle you're going to run for your whole life. Again, it's the same order, for, but everyone starts in a different place. And then we're constantly watching as you move through these different cycles. This, And then there, it goes like many layers deep. I tend to watch the first um, three layers because it gets really mind-boggling after that. And that really helps us to see what's uh, choices are unfolding at different periods of time and what those periods of time are good for because everything you're going through is good for something. So, for instance, uh, let's see, a year ago, December. So, in the be- so uh, December of 2017, I entered a different sub-cycle in the planetary cycle I'm running. But that year of 2017... Uh, and like a year and a half there, I was in a sub-cycle. I was in a planetary cycle that was really a spiritual cycle, which means it's a letting go cycle. It's not a go out and be seen in the world cycle. Now, I'm going to continue to be seen in the world because I already had a platform built around that. But, and I actually um, uh, published my book that year, finished and, and launched my book that year, and also my card deck that year. And I was also in a behind-the-scenes kind of a year. So the way I did that was very different than I would have done it this year, for instance, where this is a very out-in-the-world cycle that I'm currently in and will be in for a while. So we just might do what we want to do, but we need to do it differently to do it in alignment with the energy that we're actually running. And things will run quite smoothly. There's a lot of different ways to get there. If we're going to go through a rainstorm, let's put our raincoat on and let's give ourselves more time time, for instance, than a, a warm summer day, we can just, you know, run down the beach. So depending on that planetary cycle, so if I'm going five years um, out, for instance, I'm looking at the cycle, planetary cycle in the part I'm going to be in, and then I'm going to look at where those planets are going to be in the heavens at that time, because that's how it's going to fall into, on, layered on top of the snapshot of my actual soul blueprint, my chart, and then I can see where the certain energies are going to play out, which gives me, I can't avoid the celestial weather, but I can sure navigate it better when I understand what the weather is going to be. Does that make sense? Sure. I've been looking at the weather, looking at a motorcycle trip, (laughs) because in a motorcycle (laughs) you can't roll up the windows. And and to to forecast, if you will, the weather is a, is a very valuable aspect. I I see what you mean about the the timing and the and how how you try to accomplish something based on the cyclic um, patterning of the of the celestial bodies. Well, let's let's shift a little bit and talk about the oracle cards. Um, sure. If we look at if we look at these cards, um, these are um, archetypes, if you will. Which is that what you would describe them as? Yeah, they're absolutely archetypes. Archetypes are a soul language, and for a long time, I was talking about the and teaching clients and and people around the gifts, um, the high value gifts you have, and then the archetypes showed up, literally just dropped in. Uh, and so, what I loved about that is archetypal language is a soul language. I can say to you the visionary, the merchant, the muse, and we all have our own unique story that opens up around that. These um, are Western archetypes. Um, There are archetypes that 
are more from the Eastern tradition, and because I live in the West and I speak to people all over the world, but I the archetypes that just happen to show up embodied those energies, but more in a um, Western language and tradition. And what I love about the archetypes is, and the way when I sat down to write them, or let let them write themselves through me, as I like to say, I love what they came, the way they came across in a very timeless uh, language where you could, you know, experience them over different times and um, and have a different experience or see more of yourself. And they explain your shadow as well as the, um, you know, the gifts. Also, they all have a mantra and a soul desire and a purpose and, uh, and an inspired action plan. And some opportunities that you might consider with the gifts that you have where you could really shine as well. So in the Sacred Wealth Code book, you go through a whole process in the book because it's a journal and a journey to understand and choose your own archetypes. And most people have three to five in their Sacred Wealth Code, and I do that through readings as well. But the archetype cards, you could use them in several ways because, see, all these energies are within us anyway. So um, they're all hand-painted paintings. Uh, I collaborated with an artist, and they. So whether you're looking for, wow, what's what's the energy that I need for this particular project, or just my overall energy, it would be useful for me to focus on today. Or like for instance, this morning I picked the artist and the queen after I did meditation this morning, and um, and then also. Uh, sometimes you might, you know, need to maybe stand up and have a strong leadership that day, and you could just get the leader out of the deck and look at it and keep it on your desk and read about it to help activate that part of you. So they're super fun, and they come in more through that right brain, you know, which opens up, you know, beyond our analytical left side. Well, I like that. I'm holding them in my hands as we speak. They're very colorful. They're I like the size, very easy to hold. So I'm going to just go through a couple of them in a very general sense. There's one, the engineer, which is Mars. Every problem has a solution. There's one, the advocate, Saturn. I align with the greater good for all. There's one, the muse, uh, Venus. I inspire and I am inspired. So if if I were to... Um, understand these archetypes. These are the building blocks of like society, of culture, of of our mm. human demeanor, of our human um, mythology, if you will. And it, it seems like collectively they would cover every slot or segment in our in our cultural journey. They cover, um, I believe they cover a great deal of it. I, I, I'm not going to say it's a totality because then what happens is when often, so when they come together in different ways, some archetypes work together and so then they create this this beautiful new energy of them mixed together. Uh, so like when I do an, a Vedic astrology reading, for instance, sometimes someone has a, uh, like Les, I've done yours. You know, you have a great nurturer and you have a mystic that are together. Your moon and your south node of the moon, and you know they they create this sort of beautiful synergy and almost new energy. You know, a, a hybrid, so to speak, of them working together. So, and there's infinite combinations as well. I sometimes wonder if we're moving into. Um, a new paradigm, not perhaps right now, but like um, in I'm not talking about your cards, but I'm talking about just general archetypes overall. Mm-hmm. There's the um, the victim or the um, yep. What it what they amount to is the shadow side of humanity, and mm-hmm. and if I if I look forward. Um, a very long time down uh, our human mythology, we can transcend those attributes where we're not living some of the shadow archetypes, if you will. I mean, 
imagine a planet, I love daydreaming, imagine a planet where everyone is Jesus in a male or female form. And there's there's no hate, there's no, you know, et cetera, if you will. Um, do you see the the archetypes evolving over time, perhaps a long span of time? Uh, you know that it's yes and no. So, um, some of the archetypes you mentioned are on the shadow side, which I will I mention in some of the shadow side of some of the archetypes. But um, as far as sacred wealth code archetypes go, they are you know they're standing for our gifts. So where you'll find some of the the archetypes you t- you're talking about, like the martyr, like on the great nurturer, that's one of the you know the shadow sides, uh, like right. the victim. Those are going to be you know, they are going to be. I want to say um, they're shadow archetypes. So if I was um, say creating a body of work around just the shadow archetypes, then I would highlight those. But I agree with you that there are new archetypes dropping in. Like for instance, um, we could say the geek, and we all could <laughs> you know open up that story. Or the networker, we could all open yeah. up that archetypal story when that didn't exist. The millennial. You know, we, that's another archetype. So, yes, we are birthing new archetypes uh, all the time. I believe that these archetypes will stand the test of time because, again, they come from this, you know, they come from this body of work that is, is has been relevant for 6,000 years, so it seems like it's probably going to be pretty relevant still. Um, and it's live, meaning that it's been practiced this long, so it evolves along with us. But you're absolutely right. We are having... Um, you know we have different like yeah we have different art we have different archetypes coming about absolutely so to look at your practice if you were to uh take a step back and um what would be the big biggest success story you have had for someone working with their sacred wealth code well, there's lots of them. There's lots in the book too. So let me just um, see. Let me just tune in for a moment and see who pops in here. Um, so there is. Gosh, there's lots of them. Okay, so the one that I'm going to bring to uh, your attention right now is uh, just a, a lovely, um, a lovely client of mine who she read the book. A couple of years, well, not two years ago, so I guess it's been a little over a year ago. She read the book, and she booked a reading with me, and she just said, hey, I really want to learn how to embody this work. I can see where I'm stuck in my shadow, and I really want to embody this. I've been trying to, I've been limping along with my own business after being in corporate for a few years now, and I've gotten help from different people, and I just haven't been able to really make a go of it. So we got to work. She became one of my private VIP clients. And we got to work, and she really, uh, one of the first things that I'll do with someone is either help them to understand what their purpose and mission and their movement and their message is, or if they already have one, we just revisit it and make sure it's completely aligned. Well, as we dug into hers, she realized that she's a very strong queen, and she's um, really her purpose in her career was really to bring those queen's gifts forward and along with her leader and her communicator and to support um kings or CEOs um she's, that's the world she came from was corporate and she really wanted to change it to really have them be able to step fully into their vision and align their teams their companies with their actual vision and she's great at creating she's a great administrator she's great at creating systems and processes as well so she has um not that it's all about money but she you know broke the six figure mark uh a few months ago and has has such a great sense of satisfaction on where she is seeing her gifts really shine and how it is uplifting uh, the couple of companies that she is working with. Um, she's, you know, she really has. She has a, an interesting aspect. She has a mystic in her chart, like I mentioned, for years. And some people who have a mystic, 
they're very intuitive, but they also can feel very alone in the world, and that's one of the things she had to get move past was this feeling like she had always been alone or it was hard to be seen. But in her gifts, she doesn't have any issue with being seen. She really likes to be seen. So um, she's continually um, always willing to work through whatever block or the shadow that's in the way. And uh, it's just really a pleasure to watch her thrive and also to watch the companies that she's working with. Nice. Um, is if you could share just one big truth um, with every entrepreneur in the world, what would that be? That everything you seek is within you. You may need help with being able to see that um, or access it, but really, truly, everything that you, all the answers, the clarity, um, you know, the meaning, the fulfillment, you know, it's the root of it is all inside of you. And to, I believe that you're in touch with your soul blueprint in that way. You can sense it and feel it. So take the time to really drop into your heart and to listen and also to ask and to listen and to feel because we all have our own internal language so that you can really learn to trust yourself. And even when you're seeking help from someone else, you bounce that against, does this feel right and true for me? And really trust yourself each and every step of the way. You do not need to know the whole plan. You only need to know one step at a time and feel your way through. Very nice. Well, um, you've got your latest book, Your Sacred Wealth Code, Unlock Your Soul Blueprint for Purpose and Prosperity, and the accompanying Your Sacred Wealth Code Oracle Cards and the journal, um, what a what a comprehensive package to engage Your Sacred Wealth Code with. Can you share with us um, your platform, what services you have to offer, how you offer those services, for example, in person or over the Internet, Give us a real snapshot of how people can interact with you. Sure. So uh, you can go to sacredwealthcode.com, and when you get there, take the Sacred Wealth Archetype quiz and find out what one of your archetypes is, and you'll get a beautiful PDF and some training on the back end on how to access your gifts. I do Sacred Wealth Code readings. You can also access that there. There's three different ways to do readings with me. You will get a printout once I look at your chart of your archetypes and the unique identifiers of your archetypes, meaning um, where they are configured in your chart. There's specific identifiers. It might be an intuitive, creative uh, merchant that you have in your chart, and it might be in conjunction with, say, the visionary. There's some unique things that um, you'll get with that. You'll also get some training and a meditation. Uh, you can also get an audio reading connected with that, or you can get a, all of that and then have a live session with me, and that's all there with Sacred Wealth Code readings. If you want the full meal deal and you want me to look at your, your whole chart, and uh, then you come in for a Soul Success Map reading, and uh, we'll look at all these cycles and everything else that I've been talking about. And uh, I have a Sacred Wealth Circle. Uh, if you want to be in a like-minded, like-hearted community of deep souls, uh, that community is really about learning how to drive your sacred wealth code and so much more. Like Conscious Creation uh, was at the last couple of months, the trainings that I created, and you also get live Q&As with me and live trainings every month and a, just a wonderful heart-centered community. There's also a Sacred Wealth Business Academy. That's all of that. And then the whole business aspect, moving from the inside out and really uh, creating your business or transitioning into a business or taking your business to the next level. And then there's also my uh, my one-on-one, you know, VIP program where we're working very intimately together. I also do retreats, and uh, I come into other groups and com- communities to do this work or some branch of um, work that's within my expertise to enhance the work that they're already doing in that community as well. And so you're, and sacredwealthcode.com is where you can get that. And the book is on Amazon. The cards are on Amazon. But they're also on that website right when you go there, too. You can access those, and the journal will be out in a couple of months or so. Well, very nice. You've uh, been busy building out your platform. Bravo. 
I have been busy, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, as as you work with clients, who would you say your ideal client is? Yeah, my my clients are typically um, leaders, visionaries, entrepreneurs, light workers, uh, people who really want to step into their divine gifts and create wealth for themselves and for the world doing what they love to do. And people who really understand or want to understand that we are spiritual beings having a human experience and want to learn how to walk this uh, from the inside out and their their you know their work in the world. So some people may not have a business, maybe their career is over here, but they feel they've got this book inside them or this foundation they want to create or whatever it might be, and to really be able to um, step into that and clear their blocks and barriers along the way to really be able to do it from the inside out and develop a deep trust in themselves. Well, I like that. Well, you know, an hour can go by pretty fast. Do you have any closing thoughts you want to share with us? Yeah, I do want to say at the time of creating this interview, we have been undergoing a lot of challenging um, celestial patterns. And a lot of things are changing right now. And this happens over different times. There's always change going on. So wherever you're feeling things changing and now and into the future, really lean in and, and listen and feel into what am I being called to let go of? What am I being called to embrace and the things that it's time for you to let go of, realize it's just like trading in that computer program that doesn't work anymore and you need to go get the upgrade that's not serving you anymore. And when you make that space, you will be shown it's a it's a transformation. And you'll broaden your consciousness and you will be then um, given that the next gift that's to come your way. It's a highly changing time. Slow down right now. Um, Breathe more. Stay cool. It's a very hot time in the Northern Hemisphere. Be careful about reactions. Um, don't take things personally. And really give other people a lot of space and a lot of compassion for what they're going through. Very nice. Well, Prema, I want to thank you for being our guest. It's been a delight having you on the show tonight. It has been really a pleasure to be here with you and your audience. So thank you so much for having me. We've been talking with Prema Lee Guerreri, and the topic tonight has been your sacred wealth code. It's it's always uh, um, perhaps directly related to your satisfaction, to your your sense of fulfillment, to tune in to why you're here, to to um, to uh, align with your soul, to tune into that inner wisdom. There's a, a deep level of satisfaction and a, a wonderful sense of fulfillment that happens when you take the time to actually do that for yourself. Because the more you understand your journey, your purpose, um, it puts it puts a, a meaning to what you do. It's a it's such a wonderful time to be alive. I know the dynamics are kind of crazy sometimes, but from a from a power point of view, I'm here to language power. It's a very powerful time to be alive on a planet, I suggest, anywhere in the galaxy. Planet Earth is the rockinest, hoppinest place. <laughs> To be alive, I, I know it seems like a karmic storm, but, you know, a calm sea never makes a skilled sailor. It's always a pleasure for me to bring you episodes that help awaken the power in you because um, to evolve your consciousness, to evolve your sense of self is uh, is always a wonderful thing to do. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Thanks for joining us tonight. Until next time. This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast. You can raise your own personal power with Personal Power Fundamentals Home Study Course at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.